This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Things get crazy viral on TikTok in a way that doesn't really happen on YouTube because YouTube is such a passive platform. The initial thought I had was, oh my gosh, I can't believe someone is ripping my videos. I must report them. And then I was like, well, maybe, maybe not yet. So you get this boost on YouTube, and that's decent. They're not really taking any money away from you on TikTok. But what about the potential followers that aren't going to you? What do you get out of a takedown? Kind of nothing, do you? I guess just the satisfaction that somebody is not committing a, a thought crime. If somebody stole my joke from a college newspaper or some show that I performed that, what were they going to do with it? It's a lot easier now to rip off something and meme it. That's super easy for somebody to do. And there's so many people with access to all that stuff that it happens. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Mean Something. It is TCU night, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern. I am Kevin Lieber. We have a packed house with our lovely patrons, the heartbeat of TCU. If you want to join them in what Maria lovingly calls our cult, then you can do that by going to <laughs> patreon.com slash the create unknown. And with me as always, but this time to talk about some some pilfering is Matthew Tabor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about pilfering and heinous crimes. Uh, but but first, Kevin, how did the how did the oiling go? The oiling? Oh, he doesn't know. So so because you were gone last week, I put it to slush and I was like, look, I I could say Kevin's back in, in prison. Like, I, I'll, I'll do something. But you know what, slush, what's it going to be? What's the excuse for why Kevin's gone? He decided that that you were oiling the skins of your victims, which you have to do quarterly. You were kind of like treating the the leather of their <laughs> their human hides, yeah. uh, and we're like, okay, it's the beginning of Q four. It would make sense that that's that's plausible. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And we we left that in there. So yeah, they uh, have the, been getting a little dry. Oil. They get a little cracked, um, you know, in the outer layer. It's funny that he said that because I I just I think last night replied to this ridiculous uh, new york post i think article about squid game like mm -hmm. creating a generation of bullies or something oh i saw that yeah uh, yeah with my own story which is true about how mortal Kombat, the video game 
that I played as a child turned me into a serial killer. And that's why I just can't stop <laughs> murdering people, ripping their heads off and just dangling their spinal cords, uh, uppercutting them off of bridges <laughs> to fall down below into a pit of spikes. <laughs> it's just, it's true. You know, what can I say? Yes, it is. It's, uh, and it's only going to get worse. The more, the more Netflix does these things, the more murderous children will become. Yes. Yes. No, that was, that was a crazy one. By the way, quick thanks to Maple. Uh, Maple uh, just joined the dumpster crew uh, as, as we've been talking. Oh, nice. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome to see these people who have been around for a long time, watch them continue to make videos and do their thing. Uh, We've actually had a really cool kind of season of people just doing stuff. Isaac has been doing his Disney content, uh, put together this like a, a hundred some passes for like Disney rides, whatever, made a cool video about it, uh, doing escape room stuff. Um, Andy just passed one of his flight certifications today. Uh, Dojangles has been continuing to churn out videos. Uh, she with Tom and, um, Tom and Charles Khan are in, I don't know which episode of real real weird sickos now but it's like 15 or 16 so that's a thing now 17 she says uh everybody's just doing stuff and it's awesome it's awesome um later men as well you know he's been around a lot lately and and watching him go from zero to superstar on uh twitch and youtube and all that is is it's pretty interesting so yeah i just realized the other day the discord is just full of people doing stuff um, it's good to see it. And we even so, yeah, saw that, me uh, that. Thanks for the dumpster. We retweeted that on Twitter, the, the bell curve meme where at the bottom of the bell curve, yes. the person says make stuff. The, the, yep. the, the hump of the curve is, are people like overthinking what they're going to make and then over planning, sure. over planning. And then the, 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 the height, the top, the, the right wing is just another person saying make stuff. It's like, that's. I, what we've been it's saying. So <laughs> it's so, and yeah, yeah. When you sent that to me, I was like, okay, there's a hundred plus episodes in one meme. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cause it's totally true. It is like, you don't think twice you do a thing. And we've talked to so many people who just started goofing around on something they thought was funny or interesting. And then, you know, five years later, they're, uh, they've got a, a career out of it. They, they never thought, um, it would develop in that way. Um, and, uh, we, we talked to so many people now who just kind of have stopped planning. They just continue to do the thing that, that got them there. That meme is awesome. I loved it. it. It's so absolutely true that the middle of the bell curve is overthinking and analyzing and, you know, what's the algorithm going to do and like, what's trending, man, just make stuff, make stuff, make stuff. Well, uh, and then if you do make stuff, um, sometimes other people will steal it. They will steal it right out from under you. Yeah. So what what happened there and when did it happen? I actually woke up to a text message from our very own longtime multi-appearance guest, Jake Roper, oh. letting me know that he saw one of my videos on TikTok uploaded by somebody, not me, <laughs> uh, just popped up on his feed, actually. You know, it hit a lot of feeds because uh, some of the people we've already named uh, were on it. Maria shot me a DM about it. She saw it. So it came up on her feed. Jeff as well. Uh, James from the Baby Gang uh, sent me a TikTok link. So 
Um, Conrad, I think, noticed it too. A lot of people got served in this video, probably because they're following that, you know, the Vsauce 2 account, the actual one, create unknown, whatever. Uh, and so it would make sense to to feed it to them. Um, but yeah, a, shortly, it was like a, a few hours after you told me about that message coming in, everybody saw and just started to to pump it to us. Um, yeah, and that was just a couple days ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and the reason why is because it's blowing up. I mean, it has, I don't know, uh, the main one was the missing dollar riddle, which is a video yeah. that's a couple of years old now. And the last time that I looked at it, it was like 10 and a half million views, which is on, on TikTok, on TikTok, right? on TikTok. Yeah. And I think the YouTube video itself has like 2 million views, but on TikTok, I mean, as, as anybody who is familiar with TikTok knows things get crazy, crazy viral on TikTok in a way that doesn't really happen on YouTube because YouTube is such a passive platform. Whereas TikTok is like people just sit there all day and they just get served video after video after video after video. So you end up watching a ton of stuff as opposed to YouTube where you have to be very deliberate in what it is you're going to watch. Mm -hmm. And I've even heard that from, um, I think it was Austin Evans who we had on the show, who's a good friend of the show, said something about how YouTube has like a little bit of a problem these days with that, with how... I think what he was saying is like he'll go to his YouTube homepage or whatever and just kind of sit there and look around and scroll up and down and not see anything that he wants to watch and he'll just go do something else. That's not an option on TikTok. <laughs> You're watching things no. as soon as you open that app. TikTok is like a slot machine where you just pull the or push the button every 10 seconds and maybe the result you get is a good one or maybe you get nothing and the cure for it is to push the button again mm -hmm. um you just can't have that that huge kind of analysis at the beginning where you, you're looking at like 30 thumbnails on on your monitor you're like well yeah, i'm into this or i'm not into this and be on your way um no you just got to do it page by page on on tiktok but yeah i i suppose you could get stuck there I mean, it's got to get better for you, right? When it uh, when it realizes that you've passed on, you know, twenty videos in a row. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'll be honest. I don't really use TikTok as a consumer at all. Uh, there there is a Vsauce two TikTok account though. Yep. And there are a lot of TikToks that we have done over the past two years. I think about two hundred or so I, I was just gonna say i think it's uh 200 plus or minus five yeah it's right around 200 That's a lot yeah original uh tiktoks just for tiktok made for tiktok by us right. none um, of the content is the same none of it is like the same topics or anything on youtube um it is all completely standalone original stuff so it's if you are a vsauce 2 fan uh, that might be a TikTok account that you like, and it's, it's quicker stuff, you know, it's fast things that, that you can do in 40 seconds, you know, a lot of like math quirks and just like some of it's goofy and some of it's, uh, uh, you know, more, more, uh, kind of serious, uh, in, in terms of like that content being useful. Some of it's just dumb in a fun way. 
Oh, uh, but yeah, check it out. Tom, Tom just posted the the latest stats. So on the on the the ripped okay. off of Vsauce two missing dollar riddles now oh, over shit. seventeen million views, which is a lot. That is a lot of views. God. Let me tell you, uh, who is this? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. And it's not just me that this person is ripping off. Uh, I believe Minifysics is being ripped off yeah. on this channel. Um, maybe maybe Veritasium. I'm not sure. There's like a few EDU YouTube creators that are just being ripped and, and uploaded. And I wanted to talk about the good and the bad of that and kind of like how I see this. Because I haven't, the, the initial thought I had was, of course, one of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe someone, you know, is ripping my videos. I'm, I must report them. And then I was like, well, maybe, maybe not yet. It's complex. Maybe not yeah. yet. So the second thing I did was look on YouTube and notice that this video that is going viral on TikTok is seeing a surge in views on YouTube. So yep. right away, there's a benefit. Definitely a data blip. Like immediately. And there's even comments yeah. on the YouTube video that are like, I came here from TikTok. Okay, that's cool. How did they, do you know how they found it? Because I don't think the guy credits you at all. No, but he writes the title of what the title is on youtube is oh. in the tiktok it says the missing dollar riddle yeah and then that's yeah, the I name that. of the youtube video yep all of them are the same title or no he wrote yeah. missing dollar paradox which it's not called a paradox on vsauce 2 but i bet if you type missing dollar paradox in the vsauce 2 video probably comes up oh probably yeah no i mean that's <laughs> i'm sure the results are strong on that one yeah yeah they figured it out uh, but no it did give a bump to that video and that's you know that's a few bucks it's nothing crazy but uh a few dollars more than than you had the day before uh but but is that is that enough to offset the the theft well it's hard to quantify that at least it, it is when it comes to tiktok because i don't know how this person is making money i mean if it was on a platform that was like is this guy making any money off of these 17 million views i mean maybe eventually he or yeah. she could get some kind of ads for it i don't know i don't think so though at least not right now so you know there's not like oh. an like an obvious loss of revenue from my perspective right off the bat right the only and this is is like future thinking, uh, you know, I'm guessing about this, but I, I looked at the account. Somebody linked it in the episode chat about the, the theft account, right? There, there's not a whole lot on there. And that account has about 70,000 followers. Uh, that's not tiny, uh, but it's not like TikTok powerhouse either. So they're not getting, you know, they're not getting uh, decent sized sponsorship you know, partnership deals through the creator marketplace or anything with an account of that size. It's also worth noting too that, uh, oh, I closed the window, but you're talking about these, these gaudy numbers, 17 million on one, there's 2 million on another. So I think all combined, they've gotten probably 25 million views off your content. Um, 25 million views, they, they don't have a lot of subs that didn't convert into tons and tons and tons of followers uh that that was an interesting thing i expected i thought it was going to be uh, like one of the kind of shady facebook accounts that would repurpose things uh and and share them and get 
you know, crazy numbers. Uh, and you'd look and they'd have like, you know, 17 million trillion followers at the Dodo or whatever, you know, that kind of thing is. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, this is, this is small. They're, they're putting effort into, <laughs> into building their account through, uh, you and Derek and Diana. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was the other thing that I was, that I thought as well. It's like, all right, if I don't take this account down, somebody's going to like, this is not going to last long, right? Like, like Henry or, or somebody yeah. is going to, it's not going to take long. I don't think for somebody to say, Hey, this is my content mm -hmm. and it's going to get, it's going to get pulled down probably pretty yeah. quickly, so uh, whether I do something about it or not. Right. With all the people in our community noticing um, I, I'm sure everybody's community, uh, with all of these is, is doing, you know, hitting the, the report button like crazy. Um, but a couple, a couple things have happened. So you get this boost on YouTube and that's decent. It's, it's, I'm sure, uh, those people subbed to some degree in addition to a little bit of AdSense. Um, they're not really taking any money away from you on TikTok. But what about the potential followers that aren't going to you? You you could have posted this and gotten 20 million people to see your account. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if you still can, uh, but yeah, like Ben says, Kevin gets paid in exposure. I mean, that's really the joke here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, this whole issue is like, what's the value of the exposure on this one? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what the value of exposure is, uh, but it does certainly, it, it inspired me in a weird way. Like that, this is what's so strange about this situation is that I, I went from my initial like emotional kind of like, Hey, what the heck, what's this all about? Somebody stealing my stuff, uh, reaction to, <laughs> uh, actually this is sort of a proof of concept that I didn't have to do. Like I didn't have to yep. invest anything into a proof of concept that is working and is now provable yes. that taking YouTube videos from Vsauce 2 and repurposing them on TikTok. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me back up a second. I've been working uh, uh, with a company for a while now. I've worked with a couple of companies over the last couple of years on trying to do this on Facebook. And it is, it is miserable mm -hmm. It is miserable on Facebook. Like you, like I, I have never done a proper Facebook rant on this podcast, no, and I don't think I'm ready for it yet. I might have to think about it a little bit more. But they are low on my list of places well, that I think are worth dealing with. Soon, it won't even be Facebook. Did you see that today? Uh, did they announce what the name is? The name changes. No, but it seems to be something uh, like Mark Zuckerberg wants to have the metaverse. The metaverse. The metaverse. So, yes, yeah, soon you will be, you will be just a, a speck in the metaverse or something. I, 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 I don't know if that's actually going to happen uh, or what, but <laughs> it, it sounds like some, you know, some some uh, Marvel villain shit. You know what I mean? Metaverse it sounds like. Uh, uh, something that you know Thanos would be involved in, where it's like, oh yeah, trying to create the the metaverse where we can flip the on and off switch on planets anytime we want. Yeah, nah, it's just weird. So, Sounds like particularly yeah. Orwellian to me. But so let's let's do the calculus on this. You 
I'm trying to make the pros and cons. Yeah. You got the annoyance and I, I think for some people it could be embarrassment and stuff uh, to have their things stolen like that. Um, but that happens. Jake hits you up. People hit both of us up. You know, that, that sucks. Takes a bit of time to deal with. Um, as a benefit, you get a bump on YouTube, get a few subs. That's cool. Uh, as a negative, you potentially kind of lose lose some uh, juice on TikTok if you try to do the same thing with that video. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a pro, this person did that proof of concept and showed you that this thing could absolutely work if uh, you know if you broke videos up into smaller bites and repurposed them. So, what's the you know if this is all one big kind of account balance with credits and debits where do you think you fall at this point i i i am honestly seeing this glass half full like i'm really thinking of it glass half full i'm thinking of it as you know i can now take some action that i think will ultimately be better for vsauce too which is to do what this person did myself (laughs) you know it's like look 17 million views Man, we've done 200 TikToks from scratch. Yep. Account at zero. Yes. That account at zero. Yes. From scratch that didn't sniff 17 million views. So mm-hmm. there's obviously something about the YouTube videos that translate over to TikTok for some reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe those scenarios are just see like what this person did was they cut it up into different parts. So it'd be like, you know, the missing dollar paradox part one, part two, part three. I didn't know that was a thing on TikTok. I I never thought that yeah. you could do kind of like a multi-video concept, um, and have that be a viable way to do TikTok. I assumed that TikToks were one-offs. You get in, you get out, and that's it. Right. Well, this person is doing like part two, part three, part four. Well, look, there are plenty of really compelling paradoxes and you know the pizza theorem is a fun video yeah. that i think could be cut up and put on tiktok that people would sure, like that's got great visuals for a thing like tiktok yeah that's what i'm saying so and yeah. again like ultimately even though tiktok isn't um a place to generate a lot of revenue it is a different audience that hopefully would translate you know if they like the videos enough over to youtube eventually as like i'm just getting just growing the account is is huge Mm -hmm. i mean it's just nice to have another platform that is viable yeah but i want to make it clear that i'm I'm not advocating anybody do this i'm not advocating anybody go steal other people's stuff because they're going to have the same attitude or reaction to it that i have it's this is not a good thing it's not a good idea i do not support ripping people's art off ripping people's content off Uh, it just so happens that my personality my attitude the way i approach things is to see the benefit in it and try to make it work um and that's that's essentially where i'm at with it i think that's valid and i think uh, part of that that comfort is because of where you are in your career i mean it's a lot easier to look at it and say, yeah, this sucks in, in a bunch of ways, but I can roll with the benefits and, you know, come out of this a, a little better off. It, 
it really is a benefit too that you got to see this proof of concept happen precisely because you hate Facebook. You you've you've seen the struggle of of cutting down content to make it fit on Facebook, you know, tighten it up a little bit and adjust it uh, visually and, you know, see how it does. And it's not some automatic growth thing that's going to get 17 million views. No, no, no. Uh, it was hard to justify, you know, kind of the ROI and the effort of all that. So because of that, it probably never would have occurred to either one of us to give this a shot. Having having tried to do it on another platform right. to cut something down and repurpose it, having that fail we would not have said, you know, let, let's try this again yeah. <laughs> on, on another platform and just hope it's not a miserable failure. This No, this never would have happened without this person kind of stealing. <laughs> yeah, that's how I think about it. That's absolutely 100% how I think about it is, no, I wouldn't have thought to invest in because it is an investment. Like, I know that people think like, oh, just just do it. Just do that. You know, just do, it's like, just do that. I have a lot of things to do. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't just add another thing like re-editing my videos and reformatting them to, you know, TikTok's aspect ratio and, and adding, right. uh, adding captions, whatever it is. Like, I don't, I don't have time for that. So what I would have to do is hire somebody and pay them to do that because that's how things work in life. Is you know you pay people for their for their labor when you can't uh, do it yourself. So when you don't have the time to do it yourself, and I never would have done that, uh, ha having not seen the fact that it could work really well. Like if these if these this person ripped off my TikToks, and that's the other thing I was thinking. Like how sad would it have been? I would have been extra sad if they ripped them off and they bombed. I was like, oh man, nobody <laughs> likes me. <laughs> Even the, the Dollar General version of Vsauce 2 sits collecting dust on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Pathetic. We've, uh, as, as we've talked about this, and uh, like I said in, in the Patreon post or the Discord, I forget which one, we actually haven't talked about this yet. So we didn't, we purposely did not talk about this issue for the last few days for like no we'll, we'll just do it properly uh on the recording you know and have it just be the first time we, we truly discuss it uh i didn't know what you were going to say i didn't know about you being this comfortable with it and seeing those benefits and wanting to roll with those benefits my my prediction was that you would say eh, you can't can't really have this uh let's just you know, do a takedown. So I was, I'm surprised that, that you didn't, I think your path on this is, I think it's the right one. I think it's the best possible solution. I think it's better than a takedown is. You know, what do you get out of a takedown? Kind of nothing. Do you, I guess just the satisfaction that somebody is not committing a, a thought crime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is, there is the fear, which I think is valid of being misrepresented. Like if you could just yeah, allow right. somebody to re-upload your thing and add whatever they want to it, like that's not good. Yeah. And and I will say that, you know, this isn't something that I'm going to continue to allow forever. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to turn a blind, uh, blind eye on it uh, long term, but this is fresh. It's new. I'm looking at it. I'm trying to see what this person did that made these videos successful. I want to learn 
from their theft before I consider doing anything about it. Like that to me makes the most sense. Like, it's like, okay, you're getting something out of me. Great job. Now I'm going to get something out of you (laughs) and figure out, you know, how I benefit from you benefiting from me. This is 4D chess for victims. That's what it is. That's what you're doing. You're on another level with being victimized here. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm turning it around. I'm flipping the script, flipping the script on <laughs> on this person, um, because yeah, yeah. I, I am. I, I haven't. Um, yeah, I haven't said anything publicly. Like, and and this is as public as I probably will get about it. Is is doing this podcast about it? But um, again, I also just wanted to make it clear that like, please don't do this to other creators. Don't do this. To, no, don't, also, terrible. don't do this to me. <laughs> like. I am just, <laughs> I am just getting out of it what I can. And that's my thought process. No, I think that's solid. I think that's, uh, you, you did the, I think you did the right thing by thinking about it for a day or two because the, the initial reaction, the visceral reaction here is like report, take down, you know, you know, you can't get them, uh, really for anything other than, I don't know, maybe their account gets suspended or something for copyright thing. But like, that's the initial thought is this is the, the, they're doing something that's wrong. It's my stuff. I need to shut this down. And by not jumping right on those thoughts, I mean, you could have sent an email to, you know, a partner at TikTok in five minutes and, and that would have been all it took for them to, to take a look at this situation, but you didn't do that. You took a day or two to think about it, came up with uh, what seems to be a pretty good, thorough list of the positives and the negatives and decided uh, that you can make something out of this. That's kind of how I approach almost everything. I mean, you know me, man. Like, I don't really get angry. Like, the only times I get genuinely, like, the only times I get angry at all is if something makes me extremely angry. Like, my spectrum of anger is almost... (laughs) like zero or 10. I don't have like a big middle buffer of anger. No, no, I'm trying to think of the things that I can remember that have you've really kind of blown up about. And number one, it's like twice a year. And uh, number two, it's always completely and totally valid. There's no question that it's a freak out situation. So there's a 0% element of you overreacting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the most justifiable anger ever, every time. Uh, So it's super rare. It's valid when it happens. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. You get kind of annoyed with sports sometimes, but that's not actual anger. Like, you know, you get annoyed at watching the 49ers lose. I do. That uh, does annoy me. You're not punching a wall. No, no. I, <laughs> well, maybe you are. I don't know. I haven't seen your walls. Maybe it's just like, if there are like 90 holes in your living room. <laughs> oh my gosh. We had, we had, we had a, the apartment that we lived in in college had so many holes in the walls. Not for me. I never made one, not one by me, but other people that I lived with or, you know, would come by. That at some point okay. there was a section of the wall that we just ripped the, all of the drywall off because the, you couldn't you couldn't patch it. It was just gone. <laughs> can can we do a real uh, a real time out of nowhere Vsauce two TikTok right now? Because you talking about this, I look at my desk and I have a tape measure on my desk because I was 
measuring some things. I always have a tape measure on my desk because I measure a lot of things. So I'm just going to measure my fist here. It's about four inches wide. So it boggles my mind that people would punch walls. And you're saying this apartment had loads of them. So that's four inches. In the U.S., studs that hold up the building that, you know, the drywall is nailed onto, uh, screwed onto, whatever, they're every 16 inches. So when you just punch a wall, what are the odds that you're going to go through this easy sheetrock or just punch straight into a stud? Like th that's just like punching a brick wall. Mm. And if it's 16 inches and I, you know, I don't have extremely big hands or anything, let's say they're all about four inches. Does that seem like you've got like a pretty high probability of like, Yeah, I mean, one of my friends did, did break hand. his hand. I mean, that happened. It has to be how. He had to have hit a stud. Yeah, yeah, he hit a stud. But really what happened was like, yeah, one person, I don't know why we're getting into this, but one person successfully punched a hole in the wall. And then like over time, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger because it's like, all right, well, there's already a hole in the wall. Like, let's make it bigger. I don't know. I was not involved so in this. the same hole to make it bigger? Yeah, yeah. So then eventually it was just so huge. Um, and it got patched a, a couple of times, but then they just do it again. They would just do it again. It's the same exact spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But again, not me, not me. I'm, no. I'm cool. I don't punch walls, not a nonviolent person, but, uh, I don't know. Sometimes you just hang out with knuckleheads. What kind of content theft would, would cause you to punch a wall? What would it take? To really get the needle up to ten on on anger. If some with this if kind of somebody thing. misrepresented me, that would infuriate me. Like if somebody lied about me or you know smeared okay. me, I would get really angry about that. Because yeah, I mean, if anybody hasn't been able to tell over the last ten years, I try really hard to make content that makes the world better. <laughs> <laughs> like right. that is not a drain on anyone and is uplifting or illuminating in some w manner. Hopefully that's the goal at least. Um, and that's deliberate. It's not, it's not on accident. Like I, I go out of my way to try to find like the meaning in things. And uh, yeah, if somebody were to misrepresent me as a bad person in any, in any way, I would be very upset about that. I'd be angry about that. As we've talked about all this stuff, I've thought back to the times when we, we've discussed tangential things, and we've actually talked about a lot of them. You know, we had um, we had an episode about stealing tweets that was, I think, in the 30s. Uh, I think we're 114, recording 114 right now. So <laughs> the 1930s. <laughs> we etched it into wax cylinders and, and poor poor ben and dan sat there and cranked the yeah. device to <laughs> hey gumshoe welcome to the great unknown <laughs> all you flappers out there <laughs> well we talked about uh, people stealing jokes and tweets and it, well we talked more about uh, stealing jokes with comedians. We've talked about Vsauce 2 doing videos on topics that other people have already done videos on. Uh, Tom uh, Tom did do that search term on missing dollar paradox or whatever you said, and it pulled up a few videos. Uh, yours was the most recent, but there was one from five years ago, one from nine years ago, where people talked about, about the same math problem, you know, and like, what are the ethics of, of covering a topic that 
you know, somebody else has made the video on. I've talked to a ton of people, unfortunately, recently about uh, video topics having kind of been ganked. Uh, they they feel funny about talking about their ideas in in public and with friends because sometimes people just take your idea. We've talked about it just in so many different ways and really came down hard on on taking things being wrong. And so it's very interesting to me that uh, that you can come out of this one with a positive. It just shows how how individual all of these all of these issues are that you really need to consider them one by one. Well, geez. I mean, I feel that way about everything, but especially as it relates to like topics, like that's a weird one. Like I could see where someone says, like, I'm going to do a video about this to someone they consider a friend. And then that person does that video. That's, that's messed up. Like, I don't like that. On the other hand, that's an ethical problem. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's weird to me. That's, that's a betrayal of trust. I think I would say on the other hand yeah. though, that ge like generally doing topics about things like the missing dollar riddle or the Monty hall paradox mm -hmm. or s things like that. It's like, go for it. Do like, I don't own that. I didn't come up with that. Right. And, and your explanation of it, unless, unless you steal <laughs> exactly what I did, like, like the way that I think about it, I would have a problem with that. But if you're thinking about a topic in your own way and bringing your own understanding or explanations to it, that's a good thing. Like we need more of that because especially when it comes to hard to understand concepts like paradoxes, it's like, there's a reason they're hard to understand. So they're hard to explain. Yeah. They're hard to grasp. And I think the more people who take a stab at it, uh, the better. Definitely, we 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 have the um we have that classic example of of the videos about the color blue, where oh, right. yeah. um you know I made the invention of blue video, and then Joe Hansen from It's Okay to Be Smart DM'd me like three seconds after I uploaded it and was like, oh my God, I'm literally working on a script right now about the color blue. But he took a different approach. I mean, mine was very historical and sure. kind of anthropological. His was very biological and and totally. had a lot of like chemistry that I skipped over. Yeah. It's like yeah. the color blue is kind real, of a, a big topic. Feel yeah, free to tackle overlap it. overlap was like 10%. It was small. It was nothing. So now I will, I will again say if there's like something in my invention of blue video or a different video that I brought to the table and surfaced and explained in a certain way that somebody just straight rips off, mm -hmm. that would be frustrating. So I guess what I'm talking about is like there's a difference between approaching the same topic differently and just straight up plagiarism. I mean, isn't this how homework works? Everybody gets assigned the same homework and like you have to yeah. do your own homework. You can't just copy the other person's homework. You get copy in trouble. Just change it a little bit. <laughs> That's what plagiarism is. Right. Um, th this reminds me of a thing that popped about a week ago. Uh, do you do you know about the, the bad art friend debate? No. I will I will keep this as short as possible the the context on this but uh, in a in a writing community um one woman donated a kidney uh to somebody who needed a kidney she didn't know the guy it was 
nothing. She just straight up was like, give my kidney to somebody who needs it. And that that's intriguing because most people get notified that they're a match with somebody. Do you want to do this? Uh, or they know somebody uh, who they're donating. She just said, give my kidney away and <laughs> make the world a better place. Uh, another writer who, who she considered a friend ended up writing a story using that that as the the basis for a character i mean it was completely based on on this woman's life and she denied you know kind of lifting it so heavily she's like yeah you know inspired me to think about this then i invented this Uh, and it goes back and forth with the woman feeling you know kind of uncomfortable uh, feeling very uncomfortable actually that her life story was just used like that but then there's the discussion it's like hey this is how almost all of uh art works that you see things in real life and you base characters off of people you know sometimes a little tiny bit sometimes 98 percent um this is the process of art so it just opened up this huge discussion about what's appropriate and what's not with with stealing ideas and content and and elements of people's lives. And I was wondering if anything like that had happened to you, because you've, you've done a bunch of artistic things. You've talked about doing a bit of stand up, uh, improv type stuff. Um, you made, made movies, you did comedy videos before Vsauce 2. You've done 400 plus of those videos, a hundred plus, of these 200 TikTok, you've made a lot of things. Uh, have you ever encountered a situation where where some of it was was kind of stolen? Not like this this Vsauce 2 upload, but something you felt funny about. I don't know. Not really. And I'm actually interested in, in hearing what you think about that. Like, where do you land on this lady stealing the story from? Because you know what? Before I forget, this is an episode of Seinfeld. Where Jay Peterman, you know, the guy who runs the Peterman catalog that Elaine works for, like runs out of stories. So he buys Kramer's life stories. There's a whole episode where Peterman (laughs) pays Kramer to tell him Kramer's stories. And then by the end, like Kramer's trying Kramer's like in social situations where he's trying to tell his great stories, but he can't because Peterman owns them. He sold them. So he has no more stories to tell. That's the whole joke. But that's immediately what I thought of when you told me this bad art friend thing. It's like, this is literally a Seinfeld episode. But where do you you land with that? Because it sounds a little sketchy to me if it's like a one-to-one retelling of this woman's life without her permission. Yeah. That's truly beyond that. And I I, I really struggled about whether I wanted to bring this up because there's so much detail and it requires a bunch of... uh, it requires a, b- a bunch of explanation uh, that I, I can't give. Uh, the links, we'll, we'll put a link in because Tom's put some in uh, the episode chat. Uh, there's an explainer link. Thank God for that. Because the actual story is paywalled at the New York Times and it's like half an hour to read it. It's extremely long and detailed. Uh, but but she didn't just base this character off the experience. It's down to the woman posted, uh, I think, a letter that she wrote to the person receiving the kidney. And this woman lifted it almost verbatim as as the letter 
that the person sent in her short story. So at that point, it's not like, hey, uh, relax. I just saw a cool thing and started thinking about a story and inspired it. Uh, but don't worry about it. To here's the thing you posted on Facebook with exactly the same words as what I've put in my story. Right. Uh, and it does get more complex because it, portrayal is a big part of this. And like you were saying, the thing that would that would upset you the most is if you were misrepresented. Part of this art theft thing, bad art friend, is uh, that the woman who who wrote the story um, was very critical of of the donor kind of being this white woman, Karen. Uh, that she was almost kind of suggesting that she was donating this kidney under the guise of charity so she could feel better about herself and celebrate her contribution to the world. And that was weirdly more selfish than it seemed. Whoa. So the woman didn't feel good about that. I mean, if the short story is about this heroic woman saving an unknown person's life, she probably isn't too mad. Uh, but because of because of that specific portrayal, you know, it kind of escalated and the way they both dealt with each other further escalated the situation. Um, did you, did anybody ever steal your jokes back in the day? Um, I've had jokes stolen on Twitter, but that's pretty much it. You know, nothing, nothing back in the day. Um, well, I mean, back in the day, it's like, what, what were they going to do with it? You know, like if, if <laughs> you know, somebody stole my joke from, the college newspaper or yeah, some show that I performed that, you know, what they, what were they going to do with it? It's a lot easier now to rip off something and meme it and, you know, repost it on Instagram or nine gag or Reddit or whatever. That's super easy for somebody to do. And there's so many people with access to all that stuff that it happens. But, um, no, for the most part, I haven't had a big problem with that. And sometimes when it does happen, even now, I don't know. It's kind of flattering. It's like, oh, I guess that was a good enough one that you wanted to rip it off. It's it's just the 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 thing that bothers me is when people and I see this on Twitter and we talked about it. I think in that episode, uh, well, just take a joke where, like rather than like if you screenshot my Twitter account telling the joke and repost it, that's fine. If you like copy and paste my joke and repaste it <laughs> as your joke, like that's not fine. That bothers no, me. No. Like that's, that is messed up. Like you didn't think of that uh, and you're portraying it as if you did. So again, it's kind of like this plagiarism thing uh, more so than anything. This, the bad art friend story sounds really messed up. I mean, I, this is the first I'm hearing of it, one. but from, from where, from what you've told me, I definitely on the side of the lady whose life story was stolen. Uh, one thing I don't understand about it is is why the story writer persisted as she did because it's a short story. I'm not saying that short stories aren't hard work. They don't take a lot of time. They obviously do. Uh, almost all of Stephen King's stuff, you know, began as, as a short story that got turned into a book that got turned into a TV series, whatever, you know, you start with, with this little thing and then go from there. Um, that, that's tough to do it, at the same time. If I were being hassled by this person, I'm like, ah, this is a bad look. It's going to blow up because the community, the people who knew them both, you know, they, they were forced to take sides on this. Mm -hmm. Um, they had to come down as the drama 
expanded and unfolded and leached into conferences and workplaces and, and publications and all of that. They had to take sides. Before that happened, you kind of know it's it's going to get worse. Wouldn't you scrap the story? I would. I, I I just don't know why it was so important to put that one piece out. If that was happening to you with a YouTube video, um, wouldn't you just nuke the topic and move on? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I would, but I wouldn't have stolen the lady's story to begin with. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's without like, asking her, without saying a word. And it's, it is important that they did know each other. They claim two varying levels of friendship, but at the very least, they were 100% professional acquaintances and were friendly, which is why they were Facebook friends. Uh, they had some interactions. Um, but yeah, yeah, somebody she knew just took it and didn't say a word. Didn't say, shoot a message it's like, hey, are you okay with this? Uh, the way Joe did with you. Uh, I, I want to use a piece of this thing uh, conceptually and take it in a totally different direction. That, that conversation didn't happen here. Um, should it when you're inspired by somebody or want to do something similar? Do you think that you should always reach out and, and say something? That's an interesting question. I, I definitely think it depends on how closely you're using their life and their story and their mannerisms as inspiration. Like, like I wonder, did Mike Myers ask Lauren Michaels permission to do Dr. Evil, which was 100% a Lauren Michaels impression? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, that's just kind of like an impersonation of a person that you're then using for a different character. I, I, I doubt Lorne Michaels was like too upset about that because then that's more of, I don't know, homage Like what this lady d did was not homage <laughs> It was like no. just no. thievery. Like I don't understand how anybody came, comes down, like unless, I'm, unless I am missing some element of this story like who in the world is coming down on her side of this i mean i guess people do i guess people think hey you know this is just how art works and you get inspired and you make your art and you uh, you know can you copyright your own stories like like kramer selling his stories to peterman like can you is that a thing uh i don't know anymore i don't know to what degree you have ownership over your life story I just, I don't know. Um, you must though. Like if, if you make a biopic or like, like, don't they have to get the rights to Elton John or whatever? I mean, I know I'm pretty sure Elton John like worked on rocket man or whatever, but like you have to like work with Freddie Mercury's estate. Don't you to get their permission to make the Freddie Mercury movie or no people you know, I mean, people write biographies all the time. And sometimes, you know, the ideal case is that, uh, the family or state of, of the person being written about has, uh, has endorsed it and they give their full cooperation and they open up their archives. That's the ideal scenario. But, um, uh, what's the guy Ron Chernow is a famous biographer of, uh, presidents and, you know, people on that level. Alexander Hamilton was one he was quite famous for, but George Washington makes me think of the presidents. I believe he did one on, on us grant, um, Anyway, that, that was that like, this is kind of the official biography uh, that we're going to sign off on. How many people have written books about George Washington who, you know, uh, like never had any contact with anything related to George Washington? Probably 
tens of thousands of these books are out there. You know, what's the difference? Is it okay once somebody's dead? Is it super okay if they've been dead 200 years? Is it a problem if they're 19, year old, 19 years old and, and a TikTok person and you just watch their TikTok and like make a character out of them? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, yeah, you, you see like the unauthorized biography of Beyonce or whatever. Like, obviously, I know for a fact that likenesses you can't use. E- even if a person has been dead for a really long time, like you can't just make, like if there's an estate, like a Babe Ruth estate. Or, or, I, I was, like, you know, I was thinking about that. About Babe Ruth? Yes. Why? Don't you remember the issue where... The Babe Ruth estate specifically gave you a hard time about using uh, a Gaudi oh, baseball card why, from the 40s. God, that's why I, I well, that's why I said Babe Ruth. I didn't even realize why, well, why. That's definitely why. Yeah, because of the Jefferson, Jefferson Burdick video. Yeah, the collecting video. This literally came up and they they demanded an amount that <laughs> it, it's such a pain in the ass. It, it's. I remember telling you, this is straight up extortion. I hate this uh, because the amount is so low that it's easier to license the thing and not get their frivolous, dumb lawsuit than it is to deal with their frivolous, dumb lawsuit. This is absolutely deliberate. Um, The the strange thing is it was a, a Gaudi baseball card. They don't own that. You'd have to say, like, okay, I, I, I own every representation of of my likeness in any form that anybody has ever made. Mm-hmm. No, if I draw a, a, a picture of Kevin Lieber, I can do whatever the hell I want with it. Um, I, that's that's just my thing. And if I put it on eBay, uh, you know, yes, I'm technically profiting off your likeness, but am I going to get zapped for that? No, I mean there's kind of some fair use stuff that comes in. So I I don't know where, I don't know where the lines get drawn on this kind of thing, because again, it comes up a lot. Uh, It does come up with friends uh, talking about their video ideas and stuff. And I, I think of something like that thing. No, this is very wrong to kind of lift somebody's thoughts here. And then you go through a thing where somebody is literally ripping and re-uploading your content with no super benefit to you uh and we come out of that one saying eh, I, I can live with it and make the best of it uh, I, i'm really confused on this on this whole issue i don't know uh what's okay and what's not i don't even know about asking for permission or letting people know what i do know though is you know the small penis rule kevin no what's that uh it's it's it can also be used with child molesters it's a strategy what? in, yeah, it's a strategy in literature and uh, that you, <laughs> if you base a character on somebody you hate, if you do something like make that character a child molester or an abusive husband or ex- say that the character has a small penis, if that person tries to sue you, uh, they have to say this libels me because I'm, I'm this character. It's like, okay, you've just admitted to having a small penis. You've just <laughs> admitted to being a child molester. If that's, if you're going to sue, uh, on, on libelous grounds here, 
it's because this character is you. So you give them all these horrible attributes. Uh, so they, they can't admit. <laughs> yeah. But, but they can't, you just say also that they're like defaming you. I mean, isn't that like, like a lesser version no, of that? What's no, going on with the bad art lady being called a Karen? This is the catch 22. So you, they can't defame you if it's not you. And it's not you. If you don't admit to having the small penis. Mm. Well, so to, yeah, to really proceed with this, you have to say, yes, this is me with all the negative attributes or most of them. Uh, you'd have to do that to proceed with the action. And Michael Crichton did this probably 15, 20 years ago. Um, I just had to look it up. Yeah. He makes a chair, a character, uh, a, a child rapist, uh, and says that he, you know, he uses a city as the same person that he based the character on. Said he was a Yale graduate, which the the basis for the character graduated from Yale, and he also gave him a small penis. So I guess just the child child crimes weren't enough. Um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, hopefully, not find myself in that position. But there, there literally is a Wikipedia entry that Tom just posted in the creator chat for small penis rule. This is a real thing. It's a real thing. This is a real. Yeah, thing. It's a real thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, you can do it with, with towns, uh, with towns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's town has places. a tiny penis. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can describe a place as, as you know, I don't know. Let's just say, uh, you make it seem like the town is completely full of drunks, you know, like uh, a town can't, can't sue for libel, but it does, uh, it does affect their ability to respond uh, to to kind of different criticisms. And this came up with uh, some Australian animation, didn't it? What? How? What do you mean? Uh, the small penis rule the... came up with what? With something Michael Cusack did? No, no. But Michael Cusack kind of uh, painting an area as being something that oh, I, I think it was the mayor Bush or somebody. Worlds. Uh, Bush world. Yeah. His Bendigo. World. Yeah. Um, Pen that's what it was. Bendigo. Bendigo problem. Yeah. 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 They were upset about that. Right. Well, and Kazakhstan was extremely upset about Borat. Mm. Right. Yeah. They did not like yeah. how that their country was portrayed, uh, by Borat. But so that could be the Kevin Lieber analysis too, where how many people, uh, have Kazakhstan on, on their radar now that never would have pre-Borat. Oh, well, a lot. Kazakhstan did it for exposure. A lot. They did it for exposure. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. So we'll see what happens with this. Uh, the wheels are churning a bit in my brain about kind of what to do next, but I am the type of person who likes to make the best of things and we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to, yeah, we hadn't talked about it, so I figured we might as well talk about it in front of everyone on TCU night and just kind of work through the ins and the outs, the good and the bad, because it's both. It's both. But again, I reiterate, it's mostly bad, so don't do it, people out there. Do not endorse theft. Um, do we have, do you want to hit any questions? Yeah, we've got one or two uh, that that we can fit in here at the end. This one, we're going to shoot Maple out first uh, since he dove in the dumpster to kick off the episode. Yes. This is a question for you, Kevin, specifically. Maple wants to know, why is God dead? Um, you will have to ask Nietzsche 
I think. That's not my <laughs> domain. <laughs> well, I think it does depend on on quite a few things, doesn't it? I mean, why is God dead has to come after God is dead, doesn't it? Uh, yes. I feel like this yes. question is like the seventh one in the series. Right. And Mabel disagrees, says no. Before that comes, God is alive. So God is alive. God dies. God is dead. Why is God dead? Like, There's a lot. I don't think we're going to get to that on this podcast. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, that's uh, probably its own podcast uh, rather than its, its own episode. Um, it, the next one is from Dan Latch and it's, it's a kind of a multiple multivariate question here. Uh, there's a lot to it. Uh, he's asking about uh, your novel eventually coming out and how, what it, what it feels like to think of yourself as Kevin Lieber, the author, as opposed to the YouTuber, which has been, um, and whether, whether one creeps into the other, like you have an audience on YouTube, some people will, will buy this book. Um, are you happy about that? Or would you rather it just totally stood on its own? You know, and I mentioned Stephen King a few minutes ago. It reminds me of his son uh, who writes as Joe Hill. Uh, Joe Hill is Joe Hill because he did not want anybody knowing he was Stephen King's son. Mm. So uh, he went out of his way to separate uh, his stuff from, you know, from that legacy. Uh, so uh, anyway, I threw a lot of stuff at you or Dan did rather. Uh, where are you at with that? What do you think? Well, I mean, first of all, I would be flattered beyond belief if anybody was interested in reading what I have written, you know, that I, there's, there's no part of me that would be upset by that. That would be incredible. And I'd be very grateful for anybody who would be remotely interested uh, in that. I, I think that doing educational content is a little bit of this strange thing. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this before on the podcast but maybe we should at some point it might be its own episode but for the most part when you do educational content uh people are in it for what they're going to learn and less in it for the person teaching them the thing and and that's that's a generalization obviously there are exceptions to that in, in varying degrees and i think that probably the best edu creators overcome that gap for the most part but at the end of the day there's there's just kind of like a there's less about the ideas of me on vsauce 2 than i think a book will allow me to express i don't know if that is coming across clearly but at the end of the day like in, in, in an educational video it's about a, a specific subject uh, and the the attention and the detail and the focus is on that subject. And there's a little bit of room for editorializing and making it your own, but it's it's like a sprinkling. It's not the whole meal. It's like the sesame seeds on the hamburger bun. That's how I see it. I mean, even like a like a Tom Scott is such a strong personality. Like if you like Tom Scott's videos, you like Tom Scott, the guy, but oh, you have to, yeah. you have to like, he oozes Tom Scott in his videos, but he's still like talking in, about a very specific thing. So 
you also have to kind of be interested in, you know, this explanation about VPNs or some bizarre like train station that he's visiting. <laughs> like the focus is those things. It's not really. And, and, and he actually does a pretty good job of interjecting his opinions on those things a lot and inter interjecting his personality. But at the end of the day, it's really about um, the topic and less about the creator kind of, you know, it's not like moist critical ranting about why he hates lettuce. Like that's very personal. <laughs> does that differentiation resonate at all? It does. And I do think it's significant that you started off by saying these are two very different things. And uh, in terms of like how, creative they are you didn't invent the math that's in your videos no um you know tom, even tom scott you know doesn't invent uh the concepts he's talking about so much yeah i i i don't see a problem at all with getting juice however you can get it oh if, yeah i i i just don't i i've never had that Cross my mind. I know it does get uh, get to a lot of other people where uh, I, I know it pops up with um, with female content creators because we've talked to a couple of them who uh, you know who express that things are different when you know you're a, a visible girl online. Um, it definitely creeps in that. Uh, you know, is, is somebody subbing to me because of what I look like or who I am? Um, when you, when you travel internationally too, to places that don't get very many, uh, people like you really remote places, you do wonder is somebody sincerely interested uh, in talking to me? Are they being polite because they don't kind of know what to do? Uh, are they talking to me because I'm a curiosity and it doesn't matter who I am? I think it's easy to just get some doubt rolling in your head with literally every project ever. Um, but it's another one of those cost benefit things where depending on how you look at it, you can, you can come out of it glass half full like you did. If a bunch of Vsauce 2 fans read a completely and totally unrelated novel, uh, cool. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I Who mean, because I'm doing that both. you have that it's, channel. It's not yeah, like the Stephen King you. thing where, where the guy doesn't want stolen valor from his dad. Like, that's not him. Like, right. he didn't earn that. I mean, I've earned right. what I have made on Vsauce 2 by working on that, those videos nonstop for 10 years. Um, so if anybody's interested in also reading a, a book that I write, I would be ec ecstatic about that. I'd be thrilled. Yeah, well, we have another uh, from... Andre, uh, a longtime artist in the community, APM, he's done uh, a bit of work that uh, that you all have seen. The, the people with shirts uh, see the hang tag uh, that Andre put together. He's he's really one of the best. Um, but his question goes back to, to TikTok that we started out with. We mentioned a little bit about the monetization and really what somebody can get out of doing stuff on TikTok. Andre asked whether you think TikTok will eventually provide tools for monetization uh, to make it competitive, really. And he points out that Twitter's done this uh, with, what do they call it? It's like the little donate button where you can just send money to 
a Twitter user if you like what they do. Uh, do you think TikTok is going to kind of open up with any of these tools? They have some of them already. And yeah, they absolutely will continue to. Look, TikTok is going nowhere. TikTok is, and by nowhere, I mean it's not going away. It's going to continue to grow in a way that I think tw Twitter is not growing. I would love to see data on Twitter traffic because as far as I'm concerned, that it's it's my favorite social media platform because I get to tell dumb jokes on there and see people's dumb joke responses to me. And that entertains me to absolutely no end. It's, it's like my favorite uh, kind of way to spend my free time. But the traffic on Twitter is low, man. Like it's so much lower as far as I see from what it was two, three years ago. I don't know like who is on Twitter anymore. Um, but Twi TikTok, on the other hand, just seems to be growing and growing and growing and growing. And the technology is such a Look, if TikTok wasn't a game changer, YouTube wouldn't be going absolutely out of their minds with this short stuff. Shorts are 1 million percent a response to TikTok, and it's all YouTube cares about right now because they know that they're getting crushed by TikTok with the younger demographic, the younger age brackets. They're all on TikTok. They love TikTok, and it's 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 a game changer for for video consumption and youtube knows it that's that's why that's all they talk about is the shorts thing i do feel like they've got to give something to people uh, a bit more than what's there um i i mentioned i think this was before we started recording i, I don't know uh something about how you can enter the creator marketplace on tiktok when I, I don't know what the requirements are, if it's a certain number of followers or what. And that allows uh, brands in that system to contact you with things. So the, the Vsauce 2 account isn't giant. It's not massive, but it's significant. You know, I don't know, 150, 175,000 people, something like that. The offers that come in are like, do you want to make a series of TikToks about a sneaker store and you'll get $20? They're... They're pretty bad. I've seen They're ones really for five dollars, like literally yes, five five dollar ones bucks. Are coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I mean, I guess it's cool if you can make a little money here and there, and you don't mind doing those. But like, that's not sustainable. I Nobody's can't get a sandwich a for off. five bucks. Like, at least give me a sandwich. Place. <laughs> you gotta hit the dollar menu. That's all. <laughs> I would yeah, like a sandwich it, for my. You gotta labor. add something. They got to add something. They got to get some revenue flowing there. And that'll probably change things. Uh, it, a really nice thing about TikTok is that you're not jammed with ads constantly. So if they start paying people, they're going to have to serve out a bit more stuff to, to make that They're going to have money. to start we'll jamming it with ads, out. but they will. And no one will Pretty care. Much. They'll still be on it. And if you notice, yeah. YouTube did not do a whole lot when Amazon purchased Twitch. YouTube tried to buy Twitch and they were rejected for, uh, I think, like some sort of um, anti, what is, what is it called? It's like, a, it was like a competition thing. Like they were considered like a monopoly if they also had Twitch. What is that called? Am Amazon? No, 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 no. Amazon owns Twitch. YouTube tried to buy Google. Twitch before Amazon. Right. Google, YouTube tried to buy. That was the, yeah. the, the one that got. And it was like an dinged, antitrust right? law thing. Yeah, 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 Linus said, yeah, antitrust. That's what I couldn't think of that. They, the government like rejected that and was like, no, you can't do this. 
So then Amazon bought Twitch. But if you notice, YouTube has this like YouTube gaming thing or whatever, and they do streaming. <laughs> Does it still exist? Yeah, they do streaming, but it really does not seem like YouTube was really concerned. And to this day, does not seem all that concerned about Twitch. Conversely, I think that they are freaking out about TikTok. All I can say about that is a lot of people are seem to be moving to streaming on YouTube as opposed to Twitch because they don't like a lot of Twitch problems and Twitch rules and quirky stuff over there. So uh, that seems to track with what you just said, where they're less worried. Why would you be uh, worried when you can draw people from a platform? I mean, Twitch is still massive and like, it's, it's not like it's dying anytime soon. I'm, I'm not suggesting that. Uh, but yeah, they're worried about TikTok. They're worried <laughs> they're about TikTok. Catch up. That's the difference. They're playing catch up with TikTok, whereas streaming on YouTube, like that's been around for a while and anybody can do it. And they don't have anything uh, significantly better or worse than, you know, than what Twitch does. But then TikTok comes out and it's a completely different platform in every possible way. That's that's scary. It's a market disruptor in a way that that yes. Twitch really wasn't. It's a market disruptor and that they are free. And, and, and let me tell you, man, like it's a different audience. I know it for a fact because you just see different. There's there's almost no overlap. On the Vsauce 2 TikTok and the and Vsauce 2 YouTube. There oh, is none. if there is any overlap, <laughs> it's like it's like the ba it's like the baby gang. You know, that maybe they, they watch maybe some of them watch uh Vsauce 2 TikTok and also the YouTube, but it's 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 like dozens, it's not thousands. <laughs> no. So that just goes to show like that it's a it's a it's a new audience and We'll see. We'll see if uh, I pull some strings on the back end here and start start ramping up some sort of plan to get some some YouTube videos over there on TikTok and see if I can uh, live up to the hype of the person <laughs> ripping my videos for themselves. I don't know. We will see. We'll I'm intrigued to see what you do with it. I'm intrigued to see how some things do well and others, you know, that will not uh even the stolen guy had amazing success with one thing and like moderate success with others uh i'm really intrigued here because like i said you know it didn't really work out on the facebook side that that was lame um will it work out here i, uh, I i'm excited to see and i never thought that it would even come up so i'm i'm surprised and hopeful and and all of that Yes, yes. It was a surprise for me as well. You never know what's going to happen on the old metaverse. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> metaverse. God. Uh, that is it for us uh, this week. Thank you to our patrons for hanging out with us. As always, we'll be back next TCU night. Until then, see you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We'd like to extend a huge thank you and congratulations to the Tots and Dumpster crew who save tiny little lives every single month. A tremendous shout out to our elite baby gang commanders. Linus, our newest. Trevsdad, Boromir, Boddogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Andrew, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, Monahem, Dojangles, and Zero. 
and thanks to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Jen Mafasanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Ryan, Kamikaze, Maria Marco, Sheep Tom, Videogre, Jelksies, and Dan the Latch. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer Dan Yosua and producer-editor Ben Webster. Thanks to Baseweight for use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme and to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71. 